0: Hey Claire. Hi Zoe, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. Great column today, as always.
1: Thank you. So what I wrote about today was um, something called woke washing, mm-hmm. um, which is where corporations, buy virtue, via ES, massaging their ESG scores, Um, Now, the context of my piece is um, around the voice referendum in Australia. For those who don't know what that is, uh, Australians will be going to vote in a referendum later this year and the vote will be on whether or not we create a new chamber of government for Indigenous people only called The Voice. And... um, Polls show that support for the yes vote is declining. It's less than half now. However, all of Australia's major corporations, sporting bodies, the unions, uh, most of academia, most of the media and the current government are all in support of the yes vote. So there's this really interesting um, situation that has arisen where the elites in our society have all... Taken one position, whereas the population is much more undecided, and I think it's a a really stark example of how, um, you know, elite opinion is not in alignment with the Mm -hmm. mainstream, at least Mm -hmm. in this country. In your article on on that issue,
0: yeah, in your article you talk about well, you relate it to. Um, people buying indulgences indulgences yeah yeah, yeah from yeah, the church yes yeah. yeah. their so, sins
1: yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm not a medieval scholar but <laughs> i i um i spent some time reading about martin luther a couple of years ago and um one thing that martin luther revolted against or protested against um in the in the early 1500s, was um, the sale of indulgences. So, Vatican authorities, papal authorities, sold certificates of virtue to wealthy individuals, such as kings or princes or feudal lords, in the Middle Ages. And so, you could be a feudal lord who was very sinful. An example would be someone like um, Henry VIII. So he was famous for having feasts and parties and he was a famous adulterer and he had all of these wives, but he would buy, he would offset his sin by buying indulgences from the church. And so I compared this to the practice of our biggest corporations basically buying virtue through ESG scores. And so the mechanism by which that is done is through... Yeah. There's a whole body of non-profit organisations who rate companies according to how uh, progressive they are. So an example is the Australian Equality Workplace Index. Mm-hmm. That's some kind of non-profit organisation that is staffed with you know arts graduates or gender studies graduates mm-hmm. from university, right? But they rate organisations on how... Um, how much they promote equality in their workplace. And so if you look at our biggest companies such as Coles and Woolworths, they get platinum tier in terms of promoting equality in the workplace or gold tier, but they are also um, being taken to court by the Fair Work Ombudsman for underpaying their staff hundreds of millions of dollars so how this doesn't make any sense how can you be how can you get this platinum and gold tier status for promoting equality when you're underpaying your staff the reason they get this status is because they offer people things like uh, paid sex change holidays. Mm-hmm. So, if you work for Coles Woolworths and you want to change your gender, you can take four weeks of paid leave, or maybe it's two weeks. I don't know. The, it differs by a couple of weeks between the companies. That's how they get this mm-hmm. status. Right?
0: Or like pronoun badges or exactly. things like that.
1: And I, so to me, it's a scam. If you're a company, if you're in, if you're a business, The way you demonstrate virtue is by paying your staff fairly, treating them well, and delivering a high-quality product for reasonable prices. Mm -hmm. That's how you demonstrate virtue if you're a business operating in the capitalist system. And all of this other bullshit, (laughs) waving the rainbow flag, is just cover for companies that are not doing that. 100%. It's cover for companies who are not paying their staff fairly it's cover for companies who are not producing a high quality product for reasonable prices and so that was the thesis of my article today and a term that has been used to describe this practice is woke washing which which I think is a nifty term I hadn't heard of it until this week when I started researching
0: this issue how does it differentiate from pink washing which I thought was all about gay rights as well and like
1: yeah well and then there's Mm. green washing Mm -hmm. I think the terms are just used to describe the process of, um, cos- of organisations or even in some instances um, uh, entire countries sort of promoting a facade or promoting cosmetic changes that don't really go beyond surface level. Yep. So, um, you know, like you can't – a company – like in Australia we have mining companies – Rio Tinto, for example, they've given a two—I think they've given a two million dollar pledge to the Voice campaign. They have because they've matched BHP. They've given a two million dollar pledge to the Voice campaign, but a couple of years ago they were blowing up um, sacred Aboriginal sites. Yeah. So it's you know, with one hand they're causing this destruction, mm-hmm. but with the other hand they're like they're offering a little, mm-hmm. you know, in, you know, payment. Yeah. And so it's that kind of cosmetic uh, PR mm-hmm. kind of facade that washes away the sins that are actually really going on
0: yeah because in the end it's just a you know they're profit driven yeah um, yeah saying yes to to the yes campaign is just profit thing as well for them i believe Um,
1: well i i don't know if it's about profits but i think it's certainly about juicing up their esg score and so this is this is an issue that hasn't really reached the mainstream i don't think so esg stands for environmental social and governance goals and these i think started with good intentions um A couple of decades ago, they come from the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And I think it was just a small group of people at the UN, they just devised some goals that corporations could sign on to. And a lot of it is reasonable. I mean, it should be a goal of corporations not to pollute the environment and not to sort of dump (laughs) toxic... You know, waste into the water system. Like these goals are common sense, really. But it's sort of evolved. ESG has evolved to be a scam today because an entire industry has sort of grown up around marketing. So, there's, there's a whole cottage industry of consulting agencies and NGOs whose entire business is to help corporations boost their ESG scores through cosmetic changes. They don't actually do anything real in the real world, like sex change holidays. <laughs> and Speaking
0: of. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so, it's this, it's, you know, start. it's one of these things that starts with good intentions, but has just. Turn into a giant scam. And the reason why it's a scam is because there's no standard definition of what ESG actually means. It means different things to different people, like to one person having pronoun badges is a legitimate social cause that companies need to be engaged in, on an, you know, to another person having um, decent maternity leave. It's like, well, You're comparing apples to oranges. There's no standard definition for what these things actually are and what they mean. And because there's no standard definitions, there's no standard metrics that companies can work towards. And you've just got all of these rent seekers, these NGOs, these consultants just um, helping implement these fake, cosmetic, superficial programs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think... Corporations need to be responsible citizens in the world. I do think they. Sh- I think they shouldn't pollute. I think they should try and reduce emissions where they can. I think corporations need to offer things like maternity leave, and uh, you know have support for staff who are perhaps uh, LGBT and so on. But this is common sense. Yeah, we don't need an entire industry around it for marketing.
0: Purposes? Are any of these, are any big corporations for the no campaign, do
1: you know? Well, out of, out of the top 20 companies on Australia's stock exchange, I think 18 are for the yes campaign. Wow. One company is, has um, sided with the no mm-hmm. and one is undecided. I don't know which company is
0: with the no vote. And... I mean, but I'm that's thinking, not
1: representative of the population. Yeah.
0: And why are they making it public? Like it doesn't seem obvious to me why they would make it public aside from profit, like showing we're a really good company, we're voting yes, we're for the yes campaign. They don't have to declare well, in their the, allegiance, to yeah, it. in
1: the old days... In the old days, companies would stay out of politics and um, for good reason, because you don't want to alienate a potential customer. And um, today, however, because of ESG, companies are promoting these progressive political causes and it is to boost their ESG scores so there are ratings agencies that will look at BHP and Rio Tinto and say oh well you're blowing up aboriginal heritage sites but you've um, pledged two million dollars mm. for the voice therefore we will bump up your score yeah and so it's done it's done for this cynical Reason and the reason why ESG scores are important is because the rating agencies give uh, a rating of a score, and then that score determines how much our superannuation funds invest wow. in the company. So it is an imp- like it is important for companies to have these scores, not to to have low scores on these metrics because it dep- It determines how much money they're able to get through investment in that type of thing. So it is wow. important. Like it it does damage their share price mm-hmm. if they don't get that rubber stamp from the ratings right. agencies. Yep. Yeah.
0: And in the end it's not like us as consumers can choose not to not to buy Rio Tinto or, you know, um,
1: Well we you, pr- you probably can, but you'd pro- you'd be missing out be a lot on of some work.
0: some um, pretty valuable stock. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they just affect everything, you know. Mm. it's It's hard to not yeah do business with them really in Australia. Mm. Um, okay, so most Australians are um, undecided or or there's a growing undecided. Yeah, group. so mm-hmm. there's
1: di- different polls show different uh, numbers. however, uh, I think the yes vote is now below the no. Vote in and the, and the thing about referendums in Australia is that they're really hard to pass because, um, the yes vote needs a majority of states to vote yes, whereas the no vote only needs three states to vote no. Wow, and uh, they're the constitution as it is prevails. So the, the founders, the people who designed our constitution deliberately designed it so that uh, it would be difficult to make changes to the constitution and it, it, it will be a miracle really if the voice gets up because they need a majority of states. Australians are Conventionally, quite conservative when it comes
0: to changing the mm-hmm. constitution for good reason. The last referendum was the gay marriage referendum, I believe.
1: That, that was a plebiscite, ah, true. so it wasn't about mm. changing the constitution. Mm-hmm. However, the last—you um, it may have been before you were born—I'm yeah. not sure—but the last,
0: 1967,
1: the last referendum was for an Australian republic, oh, which okay. was in, I think, in 1999, oh, okay. and that did not pass.
0: Mm. Was that with Keating?
1: Uh, no, John Howard was the prime minister at the time, and they were opposed mm. to the referendum. So they deliberately put forward a question that was uh, yeah. alienating to mm-hmm. a lot of
0: people, and a lot of people voted it down. Mm. So they have the power to to decide on the question. The government at the yeah. time, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Well, so it's possible that the referendum might not go ahead if Uh, if polling keeps showing that well
1: yeah I mean Mm. that's a possibility because they're
0: so expensive right referendums so if they have no chance of passing I suppose
1: yeah I suppose they they could call it off but Mm. uh Albanese is pretty committed to this one and there is a lot of money behind the yes case behind the yes campaign and so I think that I think it will go ahead there's a there's a gigantic amount of money behind it and the advertising campaign hasn't
0: really even gotten started yet. It's already, for for context for people who don't live here, it's already causing quite a lot of tension. People say there's been an increase in in racism towards Indigenous people. I mean, we live in this city, so we don't have a, a huge Indigenous population in Sydney. Um, well, we do, but it's, it's more concentrated in rural parts of Australia. So um and that's that's where a lot of these discussions are taking place in the northern territory stuff like that so yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting very important for yeah australia's identity and our future and yeah yeah mm, we'll see what happens we also wanted to talk about a very exciting thing that's happening this week which is threads have you used instagram threads yeah
1: i just joined uh threads yesterday and mm-hmm. i'm finding it really uh, fun and enjoyable. How about you Zoe?
0: Yeah I I logged I had signed up for it yesterday I thought the system of signing up was really cool and made mm-hmm. it more exciting that you have to like search for it and it gives mm-hmm. you a little ticket and um, yeah obviously it's very similar to Twitter yeah but I like that no one's anonymous so far like I know everyone who's on there. Um, even the people I don't know who are sort of served to me in the algorithm, I can see that they're genuine people. They have a face. They have a name. Yeah. Um. So so far, it's it's a nicer place to to be than Twitter.
1: Yeah, I think I think Threads will be a more civilized place, partly because you know, if people have an Instagram account, they generally have a connection to their real life. Mm-hmm and they have photos of their real mm-hmm. life, and so... There's
0: accountability. Yeah, mm. it
1: forces people to be a little bit more friendly and civil if it's their interactions on threads are connected to their real life. Mm. And I honestly think Zuckerberg must have some algorithmic wizardry up his sleeve because as soon as I joined, it was lively. My feed was lively, full of... Jokes and interesting posts. I don't know how he does it, but uh, when I've signed up to other social media platforms, it's usually a ghost town. I mean, obviously there's a network effect because people are already on Instagram, and that network effect has just been transferred to this new app. But I think there's some other so there's some other wizardry going on. Mm. <laughs> just they they just must have the best uh, understanding of how to get algorithmic engagement in the world. Okay. And I think I think it's far superior to Twitter. And uh, Twitter is just something went wrong in the original design of Twitter and the ongoing ongoing maintenance and execution of Twitter. This, something went wrong where the platform started to reward um, basically psychopaths and they became the power users of the platform. And normal people are just put off by it. And, you know, I don't think Musk fully understands the mind of a a normal person. He today, or was it yesterday, he tweeted something like, it's infinitely better to be attacked by strangers Mm. than to hide the pain on uh, Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe if you're a billionaire and you are autistic or a sociopath, And you don't have not the empathy of a normal person. But for a normal person, to be attacked by strangers is not a pleasant experience. And you would prefer not
0: to be attacked by strangers in your leisure time. Mm. And I get his point about people acting like their lives are amazing on Instagram. But in a way, I think that's better than just like spewing vile, you know, crap on Twitter yeah. Um, you know, yeah. at least Instagram's fake, happy and pleasant, you know, yeah. instead of the nastiness that Twitter I mean, can divulge into.
1: Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I, I have spent many hours on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> in my lifetime. Uh, but over the years it has uh, become more and more a coliseum and less of a, a genuine place to develop friendships with people. And it's, it's, it's just a war zone. It's a place where people go to combat just verbally and I think when Twitter was still smaller Mm. so 10 years ago when there were far fewer people on the platform it was just easier to have interesting combat and now I think the average IQ of the of the Twitter user has just declined Mm. unfortunately and it's just like it's just the noisiest most aggressive people who win rather than the most pithy or witty or intelligent mm-hmm. and um and
0: there's very little you can do with these people like i see it just managing our our twitter account there are some people who are just absolute trolls who don't follow us but seem to comment on every single tweet and with actually i saw quite a defamatory tweet last week and i went to report it and i thought what's the point of reporting it because it's probably not going to go anywhere with musk and Yeah, it was completely defamatory towards one of our editors. Um, And then I didn't want to block them because then the user gets the sense of power. Look, screenshot, I've been blocked by Quillette. Amazing. And you can mute them, but then everyone else can see that defamatory tweet. So it's very frustrating. Whereas if that person had their real name and photo, like on Instagram, Mm. um, as most people do on Instagram, not everyone, you probably just don't see as much of that at all.
1: It's interesting. We'll we'll have to see how Threads plays out because it could turn into like a censorship wonderland.
0: Mm-hmm. And we do obviously publish articles that are controversial. True. And we're already pretty much banned from advertising on Meta, so
1: Yeah, and you know, Zucks not our best friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are adult content yes. on Instagram, yep. and that's not because we post hot pictures. <laughs> Although we post them as well, exactly on our personal accounts. Yeah, but it's because we publish articles that are, you know, to the right of Bernie Sanders. Basically, Mm -hmm. Uh, we question orthodoxy around gender medicine, and we've published articles on, you know, all sorts of all sorts of issues that aren't that that aggravate the Mm -hmm. the most fanatic militant activists on the hard left. Mm -hmm. So. That's made us a target. I found I feel, thought it was interesting when um you tried to run an ad on was it Reddit, mm-hmm. and you got these res- you got our ad was flagged for promoting hateful content. Yeah,
0: it always is. They're constantly just, just being a, reported. It was
1: just a photo of me. Yeah, my face was promoting hateful content yeah.
0: with one of your quotes. Yeah, those Reddit ads are constantly being being reported, and I think I told you how we were banned from our own subreddit (laughs) which we didn't set up so I set it up and I set up a new one if anyone wants to join um yeah because it's good to have our content on on reddit and people can discuss it there and um but yeah most of the time it just gets banned
1: everything gets flagged
0: yeah 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 well let's wait and see what happens with threads yeah yeah Hmm. um anything else that you want to talk about this week yeah short one Okay. okay well see you next week see you next week Bye.